I want to say a very quick idea about the holiday of Sukkot, which is starting tonight, and we'll expound upon this idea further and go much deeper into it Kabbalistically um, on Thursday night, hopefully. Um, so there's a mitzvah that we do tonight in addition to sitting in a sukkah and eating meals in a sukkah and having a holiday for the next two nights and then the continuation of the festival for the rest of the next seven days. Um, but there's a special mitzvah that we do on sukkahs in addition to sitting in the sukkah and that's shaking something called the, the, the Dalid Minim, the Arba Minim, the four species, which are four different plants that we... That we uh, hold together in a special way and we uh, shake them at different times in the prayers symbolizing many different ideas but one of the things that's always bothered me about this mitzvah is that we have we have uh, the four species are made up of the lulav which is a branch or a shoot from a palm tree and wrapped around that is something called hadas which is myrtle a branch two branches of myrtle three branches of myrtle um, which is a pleasant-smelling uh, leaf. And then a rava, which is a willow branch, two willow branches. And those are all wrapped together. And then we hold in our other hand an esrog, which is a citron. It's a type of, uh, similar to a lemon. And these are the four species. And, and there's a special mitzvah. The Torah says, in regards to the citron, calls it a pre hadar, the, the fruit of a beautiful tree or a beautiful fruit. And from this we learn that there's a special idea with this mitzvah to have specifically to look for a beautiful fruit that has no blemishes. And on top of that we learn from that to all mitzvahs that whenever you do a mitzvah it is incumbent upon a person to spend as much, you know, above and beyond um, in order to beautify the mitzvah, to have beauty, when you buy a mezuzah or tefillin, to, you could buy the simple, you know, basic level scribe, or you can spend a little bit more or a lot more for a perfect, beautiful scribe, an artistic, beautiful work of art. And so too with all mitzvahs, to go above and beyond, to beautify it, to have something that is unique. And um, so... People spend a lot of money on their lulav and esrog. And, and there are people that will spend hundreds of dollars for a perfect fruit. And there are stories throughout time of Jews who lived in places where they didn't, couldn't even get these species that grow in the Mediterranean. Very hard to get them in Europe. And people used to spend ridiculous amounts of money in order to have it. And there'd be usually one for an entire town. So now we're, you know, the things are very plenty and things are shipped from Israel and we have, we have it in abundance, but the price is still, you still have to pay a decent amount of money for a very good one. In uh, New York, you could spend up to $500. In Baltimore, where, where we live, it's much cheaper. For a beautiful one, you only $100 to max 250 for the best that you have in Baltimore. But it's very, it's very interesting. It always bothers me because these fruit, you know, in one week from now will be worth nothing. No one even eats, even eats citron fruits, and uh, at, at best it's like a lemon. So why are we spending so much money for a fruit? So I was thinking that there's there's a metaphor here that's that's very important that has to do with our life and the idea of mitzvahs in general. In that in this world, we're living in a world of doing. 
the Mishnah tells us in Perkei that this is a world of doing. This is a world where we can do mitzvahs. And the next world is a world of reward. In the next world, you cannot do mitzvahs. It's impossible. They say that the Vilna Gon, great rabbi from Vilna, cried on his deathbed that for just a few pennies in this world, he could buy a pair of tzitzis or some sort of give tzedakah to do a mitzvah. And he's about to leave this world. And he's not going to be able to do that anymore. He said, if only I had spent a little bit more money on, on giving charity to the poor or, or doing mitzvahs in this world. So this is a, a, a one-time opportunity. Our mitzvahs have an expiration date. And the expiration date of our mitzvahs is the end of our life. So this is our opportunity to do. The next world we get to enjoy the fruit of our labor, literally. Um, mitzvahs are referred to as fruit as, and as offspring. Because those are the things that are eternal. The We spend our lives running after, you know, someone said to me, why should I spend so much money on, on a better mezuzah or a better tefillin or a better esrog? I said, well, when you buy a house or a car, do you buy the basic model or do you try to get the best that you can afford? So that's the idea of mitzvahs, but mitzvahs all the more so. Because your house, you can't take with you to the next world. There's a famous story told of, I believe, one of the Reichmans who were tremendously wealthy Jews. And the father said in his will that he wants his children to bury him with his socks on. And upon his, his death, this, the children received this copy of this will, and they, they went to the rabbi, and the rabbi said, no, there's nothing you can do. You cannot bury him with his socks on. It's against Jewish law. You're supposed to be buried with, only with a burial shroud. And uh, no matter what, there's nothing you could do. I'm sorry, you cannot honor your father's last wishes. And the children were very upset, but there's nothing they could do. And the day of the funeral, the lawyer shows up with a letter. They open it up, and in their father's handwriting, their father says, you see, I can't even take my socks with me. And this is a man who had many hundreds of millions of dollars. And his message to his children is, in this world, we people have their priorities wrong. We fight so much and work so hard to amass wealth, wealth that does not last beyond this world. But the mitzvahs we do, the good deeds we do, the spiritual growth and the acts of kindness and the refinement of our character, that is eternal. We, that is the only thing that we take with us to the next world. There are those that say that this, the money you give away, that's the money that you really get to keep. So, the idea of this, the lulav and esrog that we do on Sukkot, the whole holiday of Sukkot represents the next world. And we'll go more into that uh, next later on in the week. Represents the world to come, the world of spiritual bliss, the world of reward. And the idea that this, these species are these vegetables and fruits and plants have zero intrinsic value. After this week, they're worth nothing. But this week, people will spend hundreds of dollars for them. Why? Because it represents this world, the preparation for the next world. Whatever you spend now, that is going to be with you forever. If you miss out next week, it'll be worth nothing. That's the message of Sukkot. And I'll just conclude with one other idea that I just heard a few days ago. That uh, It's interesting that there's this idea of, of beautifying the mitzvah and... Um, something that, you know, we do as part of the beautification of the mitzvah is, I'll give you some examples is, so for example, there's a men wear a talis, um, uh, on their head when they go to synagogue and it's a prayer shawl with uh, tzitzis and there's a Hasidic custom to have a silver crown 
uh, adornment on the on the talis. It's very, and it's very beautiful, but there's no need for it. It has nothing to do with the intrinsic mitzvah. It's again, it's beautifying the mitzvah. There's a mitzvah on Hanukkah to have a uh, a nice, beautiful silver menorah, even though you could really light uh, in cups. In, in glass cups, but people light in a beautiful silver menorah, again, beautifying the mitzvah. So there's also, interesting that on Sukkot, there's a custom that a lot of people have a silver container to hold their esrog. But that's interesting because that has nothing to do with the mitzvah. You're not utilizing it for the mitzvah. When you light the Hanukkah menorah, at least it's being held by your menorah. But when you shake the esrog, it's not in the container, the silver container. So why spend so much money on a silver container to hold the esrog? So I heard somewhere that the, the, one of the ideas possibly there is that it's it's what's holding, it's preparing you to, to hold the esrog. It's a thing that brings your esrog with you when you go to synagogue to shake, to, to, to hold, do the mitzvah of picking up the esrog. It's the preparation. And that, according to Judaism, is in a, a, the Hasidic teachings and other teachings teach that the preparation for a mitzvah is worth even more than the mitzvah. It's how much emotion you put into it, how much love you put into it, how much money you put into it. And that's another message that we learn here, is the preparation for the mitzvah is part of the mitzvah, because that's what mitzvahs really all are all about. They're helping us to prepare for the next world, where we can really enjoy the fruit of, of our efforts and our work in this world. So I want to wish you all a beautiful circus and look forward to speaking to you again soon next week.